I had to watch that movie a few times when I was a kid. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Erasable Podcast. Tonight, we are joined by the amazing Cody Williams, one of our favorite maker of bags, notebook covers, wallets, some of my personal favorite items that I carry ever. Uh, but that's later in the show. First, we've got our normal fresh points and pencil of the week and all that good stuff. But first, let me introduce my very good friends, my co-hosts, uh, Mr. Andy Welfley and Mr. Johnny Gamber. Hello. Guten Abend. Guten Abend. How are you, Tim? I'm doing great. Cool. I am. You sound great. Great. Thank you. You usually sound like crap. I appreciate today, that. Today, <laughs> yeah. You sound like you're doing fantastically. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying real hard, guys. <laughs> Monday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am, uh, just FYI, I am staring at two things in front of me. One is the Google Doc for this episode. The other is the Home Run Derby. So, mm. um, it's what you call multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just break out into, like, either cursing or cheering. Or just like a noise, like, ah! <laughs> we'll know that That's, it's not us yeah right <laughs> all right well why don't we kick into it with tools of the trade johnny get us started well i am drinking the papa podcaster with hemingway's birthday coming up which is perrier and whiskey in a jam jar Ooh. which is not a joke it really is and it's so good except that i bought these interesting um shot glasses at a local store that sells stationary stuff and they're not shot glass sized shot glasses, as my friend and I figured out. They're quite a bit larger. <laughs> so you've got to be careful. That's fine. We, were, yeah. we were sitting there one night and like, where did all the whiskey go? Oh man. <laughs> Why do I feel so dizzy? I'm like, I gotta get up at six tomorrow. But um yeah, I'm having one of those with only half of one of those shot glasses. And this one I'm, of those drinks that has like the melted ice cube in it. Yes. Is that the other one? No, this one is the melted ice cubes. Three Explain cubes melted. So you get one of those jam glasses that's um, from that French jam. At first you get to eat the jam, which is always fun. And then uh, you put a shot of your favorite whiskey in there, and then you fill it almost to the top with Perrier, and then you put in three ice cubes and let them melt. And when they melt, they make a nice little head. Hmm. It's perfect. What size are these ice cubes? i got to get into the details here. Oh, whatever my stupid refrigerator puts out of the ice machine. <laughs> so gotcha. they're, they're not. To to your house to make one. <laughs> yeah, they're not David Reese approved. <laughs> Cloudy and smell like onions. No, they smell like mm. plastic and water filter. <laughs> Although we we do have nice tasting water in Baltimore, so they're not horrible. But um, I'm writing with a Palomino HB Eraserless in blue. This from 2010, which is a good year for pencils. The Blackwing came out, and also a good year. My daughter was born. Aww. So, yeah, that, this is the old one that says California Republic Palomino. They're so pretty. I was using one I, of those at work today. Yeah, they're, they're extinct. Yeah. Sam. <laughs> How about you, Mr. Andy? Um, I'm drinking um, a delicious beverage uh, called the Ikea. And uh, it's, uh, it's blueberry and lemon liqueurs blended with a crappy little pencil, you know, the little golf pencils from the store. Um, I know that I measure I measure out the liquors using um, one of those long paper strips with the ruler on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
man. No, uh, <laughs> I uh, actually, and and I can't drink it on Saturdays because everybody else is drinking it. So no, the IKEA <laughs> the IKEA out here is really really busy almost all of the time. There's a couple of them. I think probably because it's really close to Stanford, and there's a lot of like dorm rooms being furnished from IKEA. Um, and I am actually drinking um, an orange Lacroix, uh, partially because I don't have any beer in the house. Uh, well, mostly because of that, because we we kind of we kind of tapped out, so I need to stock stock back up. Uh, and I'm writing with uh, a Palomino HB, but I'm writing with one of the new um, w- with an eraser Palomino uh, that we're going to talk about later. Spoilers. Stupid, awful pencil. Yeah, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Tim, how about you? I'm drinking a drink called the Baltimore Oriole, or as Chris from Right Notepads would call it, the Bar- Baltimore Horiole. <laughs> um, sorry, that was the PG-13 version. Uh, <laughs> and it's basically made up of whatever you like in a glass, but it just keeps emptying itself over and over again. It's kind of befuddling. Um, <laughs> it's really, It's been really irritating. We did the interview earlier, and so we've been on the call for a pretty long time, and I haven't even had a sip yet. <laughs> but... Uh, and I'm writing with a very super incredibly old pencil from 1983, which is the last time the Orioles won the big one, won the World Series. Uh, and I have in reserve a pencil from the year that the Cubs last won the World Series, which was 1908. <laughs> it's basically so, a Thoreau pencil. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He gave it to me personally. Um, in reality, I am drinking a Smith & Forge hard cider. Uh, that I got at the gas station, <laughs> Wait, really? and, which is, which is a great way to describe a drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's really good. It's a 6% alcohol, good hard cider that they, I was surprised to see it there, but anyways, and I'm writing with, of, of course, when we're doing the Palomino HB, I am the only one not writing with Palomino HB, but <laughs> I am writing with a Stadler rally number two HB, oh. which uh, I got in the mail today from, really? the one, from the wonderful Anna Reinert. Oh, me too. I also did too. Yes. <laughs> Anna. So she is wonderful. That was a really good surprise. Yeah, she sent us a, a fun little package with... That's did awesome. you guys get the... Uh, what are the other ones? The Black Pearl and the... The uh, Nataraj Extra uh, Dark. Oh, I didn't get one of those. I got a matte Murado um, Black Warrior from her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got one of those. I got two rallies and two of the Nataraj Platinum, Platinum Extra Dark 2B from India. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Charlie already rated mine. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. That's awesome. Yeah. We need to have her back on the show. It's been a while. Definitely. Yeah. I need to talk up on booze first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll remember to hit record this time. <laughs> yeah. I don't. That was fun. Yeah, that was. <laughs> really fun. <laughs> All right, for this week's Pencil of the Week, we are doing one of my obvious personal favorites that I've talked about several times in the podcast, which is the Palomino HB with eraser, without eraser, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> really, really with eraser because that's the most common one, I think. So that's the one we're going to uh, talk about. But I'm sure we'll get into the other one as well. So I am going to defer and go last just because I think everybody knows what I'm going to say. But Johnny, why don't you start <laughs> us out? Tell us what you think about it. Uh, and then once you're done giving us your your vibes, etc., give us your grade. Well, I'm going to preface this with a review written by my daughter, who's five. <laughs> um, she wrote a, re- a review in my notebook before bedtime tonight, and she came up with her own 
um, categories, feel, color, smell, and eraser feel. Wow, this is a smart kid. So for feel, she said it's shiny and it's smooth. For color, she wrote blue because it's blue. <laughs> um, for smell, pencil good, nice, and sharp. Pencil-y. And for eraser feel, she said bumpy, not smooth, the end. <laughs> so she, I mean, this is her good review. She really likes this pencil. She kind of thorough. Can you um, take a picture of that for the show notes? We'll just put it right in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But um, I, I like this pencil a lot, but my judgment is clouded by being upset that they got rid of the capped one, the capped blue. Mm-hmm. I think I have like the, the remainder of a dozen from 2010 of those left. I'm really upset that it's go over. So I can't give it an A. I have to give it an A minus. But it's a really, really, really nice pencil. I do like how they've kind of cut out a lot of the branding, sort of, but I liked the branding. Their particular branding looked really good. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with an A minus. Also, the eraser, not great. Not so, great. <laughs> so I feel, I feel silly for not knowing this um, because I feel like I should, but when they sort of you know rebranded the golden bears and the um you know they they did rebrand the palomino and in, you know now it's orange and black um but they are still carrying the original like california republic ones right nope no no the um right before they changed the drawing pencils they stopped putting california republic on the the um the end-dipped uh, palominos okay but but you still can get california republic eraser tipped um, blue, no, pal- they just say, blue palominos. They just say palomino now. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Kind of naked. They're, on the at pencils.com, they have the the image for the bulk order of the capped ones. Yeah. It shows California Republic palomino, but they're out of stock, and I don't think they're coming back. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. Face. So yeah, the image on the product page for the dozen, um, yeah, mm. still says California Republic. So yeah, I've never seen a blue, oh, blue racer one like that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, hmm. uh, I can I can tell you firsthand that they don't say California Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I have 144 <laughs> reasons to agree with that. But, yeah. yeah. What about you, Andy? Sad. Um, this this was one of the first three pencils that kind of got me to consider pencils again uh, when I first ordered that sampler pack of pencils from Pencil Things. Um, this and the golden bear and the forest choice were, were in there. And so th- this, this is the pencil that was kind of the top of line one that I had used up until, boy, up until uh, probably like a Tombow. And, um, it's just, I've always been in love with it ever since I first knew it. So I, I love, love that blue color. It's, um, it's similar to the, um, golden bear blue, but, um, it's just kind of treated a little bit differently. I, I love how kind of how simple it is and that little, gold stripe that runs along it um and then the white eraser it's just a really just nice good quality aesthetically a uh, good quality pencil um as well as a really good performing pencil it's um you know it's it's an hb but i feel like it's a little bit softer of an hb um than than many of them out there it's just really black mm-hmm. but, it, but it still holds its line, lines really well and i'm yeah i'm just a big fan of it this is one of my my first ones and and unfortunately, I do feel like it kind of gets ever since it has been the Palomino has been used as kind of the brand that the Blackwing sits under, and now you know the Prospector and the uh, Golden Bear. Um, I sort of feel like it's 
kind of been forgotten a little bit, kind of in the pencil community at large. Um, the, yep. Bla- the Blackwing's way sexier. Um, but it's still, this performs so well. It's such a good pencil. And and it's honestly not badly priced either. It's, mm-hmm. you know, almost half the price of the Blackwing. Um, actually, at this point, I think it is about, about half the price. Um, it's still way more than like a Golden Bear, but it's like a really good, like mid to nice range pencil. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to, keep my a plus a plus grade for this how about you tim yeah uh first off i mean i'm obviously with you on that i'm my grades an a plus i'll start there but this is a well-documented favorite of mine and i first found out about it which i guess maybe you was talking about the california republic one but i assume they're the same thing but the post which we've talked about before which was the blackwing pages post about pencils that could that are comparable to the original Blackwing. Mm-hmm. So that was how I first found out about this one is because he had listed this uh, as a good alternative, like things that are available now that compare to the old Blackwing. So that was how I found out about it. And then, you know, shortly thereafter I found out the price and I was like, Ooh, nice, better uh, than $50 per Blackwing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I love this pencil, which is, I've talked about, quite a bit it holds just like like you were saying i mean it holds a point really well and you were talking about how it's just a little bit softer or a little darker mm-hmm. than a normal hb yeah i've always kind of thought about it as an hbb <laughs> <H-B-B. laughs> yeah uh it's just that's why it's so perfect for me i have trouble i think sometimes explaining why i went ahead and ordered so many of them but i think that's it that it's it's between like the palomino b is a little too soft yeah and but the hb is just Man, it's perfect. So I, I use it every single day. I have it in every bullet pencil that I carry, mm-hmm. um, and it's just I was. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for a pencil that fit this criteria. Uh, and I think if they came out with a natural, unfinished version, I would probably just like sell all my belongings and move out into the woods. <laughs> uh, <laughs> be the only that would probably be the perfect pencil. Only only sensible response would be to like go build a what do you call that like the cabin that Thoreau made it was what do you call that timber frame timber frame cabin out in the wood <laughs> woods and just write with them well if forever if, if you want because you know Cal Cedars over here you could come build in the woods of like Northern California and then mm. I can occasionally come bring you like. I don't know some food. Some food. <laughs> you, you can't. Uh, I can come bring you food. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just kind of get sick of bear meat after a while. <laughs> yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, bear stew every night. Um, yeah, I actually I've been playing with this pencil a lot recently. I mean, I'm, I think I've said everything I need to say about why I. I think it's so great. Um, I ordered 144 of them, and also I th- feel like the the rate at which the the bulk order saves you money is much higher for the for these in the especially the uh, the eraser version, like the one I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up paying somewhere around 60 cents a pencil. Oh wow, that's really good uh, for for the bulk order. So I got 144 of them. I had, I had a teacher discount, so I got it actually it'd be a little low. It was like sixty cents. So if, if you're not an educator, then it would be like seventy or something. But yeah. still, it's under a dollar a pencil, which yeah. is a good bit less than you pay when you just buy it by the dozen. Mm-hmm. So I'm 
I'm so happy with it. Uh, this <laughs> week I've been I've been uh, playing with it. I, I had this like totally obvious epiphany, or I was like playing with playing with a couple of them. I pulled the I used Les's instructions to pull the feral off of a Blackwing. Mm-hmm. I pulled it off and then did the same thing and pulled one off of a Palomino and put the Blackwing feral on a Palomino, which is the one I'm holding right now which looks amazing and i wish that they did this like yeah. i would it would be so incredible if they if they did this i just think it's one of the best looking i think it looks better than the the, the blackwing hmm. line i think it's just gorgeous um i think we have our idea that, for the next um volumes edition yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh and then with the one that i had with another palomino that i had unferaled um i sharpened both sides just kind of like goofing around and had this moment of like, how could I be this stupid? And I've <laughs> never done this before. <laughs> this is, uh, oh, sorry, I just dropped my mouse. Uh, <laughs> but I, so I sharpened both sides. I'm like, this is, I've been t- talking about pencils for, I, I've documented like 50 hours of talking about pencils <laughs> on a podcast and I've never had the thought to sharpen both sides. <laughs> like, I can just turn it over and keep Game writing. changer. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like, it's kind of sad that it's taken me fifty hours to like realize that. <laughs> um, but yeah, A plus, A plus, A plus. No question about it. I'm not going to pull my usual like no, maybe ninety seven percent. Not quite an A plus. No, it's total A plus, one hundred percent. Nice. Extra credit. Love it. <laughs> I think I would go with an A plus if I'd never had the um the capped version. But every time I see it, I'm like, something's wrong with this pencil. Even though, you know, in itself, it's gorgeous. They even have a nice-looking feral. Yeah. But it's, I'm, I'm emotional about it. You know, I, I don't, I definitely don't chew on pencils, but sometimes when I'm thinking, I'll kind of like, you know, put the, the eraser, put the end of my mouth and think about something. And that cap is really nice because it's like slightly cushioned underneath. And so I can kind <laughs> of like press it against the front of my teeth gently and it kind of springs back. It's uh, definitely like a... If if somebody is trying to like give up smoking, I don't smoke. But uh, if I did, this would be a good, really good uh, way to <laughs> pencil use to get to quit smoking. Or if any of our listeners are teething, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess Hen- both Henrys are a little too old for that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Henry has very sharp teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I speak from very experience. sharp teeth. Who masterpiece sharp? His eraser yes. feel review is just like it's chewy, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> sort of bland. <laughs> Daddy, I color too. <laughs> Actually, he took a black wing today and started coloring with it. Oh, nice. Proud. That was an awesome picture. The lefty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Both of my kids are obsessed with the 725, but my 725s are all packed. So the whole family's sharing this like one pencil. It's kind of funny. <laughs> There's literally racer left. <laughs> they have good taste. Yeah, somebody bit it off. I don't know which one of them. <laughs> 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 have to check the diapers <laughs> well i mean the diaper of one of them i don't look at it this looks <laughs> this looks like a He's fender too. like oh my god oh my god <laughs> why does this look like a stratocaster <laughs> uh, what do you guys say we get into fresh points definitely sure. johnny why don't you get us started sure so our guest later mr cody we were at the bindery at which Write Notepads and Company makes their notebooks this past Saturday. So I'm just using my first fresh point to brag that we were down there hanging out 
and also got to have some black wing lager, which you can only get in Baltimore. So yeah, send me hate mail. <laughs> is, it move, good, move. is it a good beer outside of the fact it's, that it's called a black wing? It's fantastic. It's really delicious. Honestly, most of the beers that that brewery makes taste like um, hoppy horse piss, but this is really good. <laughs> they, they all taste the same. It's As like, opposed to the normal kind of horse piss. Yeah. <laughs> the regular stuff is great. Don't ask. Baltimore is a weird place. No, so uh, also, I got to go to Target today and like, man, they get that back to school stuff out really quickly. So um, someone posted in the group or on Instagram pictures of their cool pencils that are hanging from the ceiling. And like, man, they are really cool. Every year they're even cooler than they were. Yeah. Um, and they have their customary custom set of Ticonderogas, but they're the same colors from last year, which kind of sucks. With three different pinks, that, that just that's so disappointing. Yeah. But, and they have a weird little um, insert in the blister plaque that says, 100% American cedar. I'm like, you're not made in America. <laughs> you're implying that they're American pencils, but they're most certainly not. But, you know, they're nice pencils. I picked up two packs of those. And they have those Ticonderoga erasers that look like pencils. Oh, pretty, yeah. It was a pretty good price on them. I don't remember how much they were, but they were much less than I paid when they first came out. So that was pretty cool. And they have box erasers from Stadler. It was a three-pack for two bucks. And they have the image of Mars sort of on the, the business end going all the way through. They're really, really cool looking. That is cool. They, they have some cool. notebooks that I really like this year. Um I have one, I can't, oh man, I, I took a picture of it and I can't find it in my phone right now, but um, it has like this cool like vintage background and then there's like words written over on top of it. Hmm. I'll see if I can find a picture next time I go to Target, but yeah, they're, they're really nice looking. They had Mindology stuff there too, which is pretty cool. I've never actually seen it in real life. Oh, wow. It looks like little Moleskine style Oh, books. you're right. I have. I did see those there. And they had big four-color pens. I know we're in the pencil podcast, but they're pocket-sized, and they come with a little um, clip. So Charlotte hmm. was pretty static. I think she used up half of it today. But they but they look like the four-color pens, like the the blue and the white. Yep, they have the blue one and they have the green one with the pastel colors, oh, which yeah. Charlotte wanted. But um, the chain it's on is kind of crap. I replaced it with a keychain, hmm. and they're not made in France. All of my other mini ones are f- made in France. These are made in Tunisia. Mm. but they're only three bucks that's not too bad and they had um the new you buy or ub pencils in the triangular one but they only had yellow and i didn't really want a whole box of them in yellow so i left those behind and they have the big extra fun pencils that i think everybody in the world hates except me (laughs) um and also i saw those at walmart last week for like a dollar 97 wow that's pretty cool Mm. so People's pencil cases will be very cheerful this fall. <laughs> so and, when you were oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you you sent a picture like to us in our our group text thing of stuff that you got, and re- you got some renews, right? Yeah, I kind of gave all mine away, so I picked up two more boxes. Yeah. So they're I really had, good pencils. I had a thought about those. I love them too, but we keep complaining about the fact that. Ticonderoga is making less and less stuff with cedar. Uh, like, or it seems like they're not really making anything with cedar except for that pencil. So, is the renew then there? Is is it therefore going to be a temporary pencil? Like, is it? It's not going to be around once they are done using up the leftover scraps from maybe making whatever cedar ones are actually left. 
I don't know. It's weird. Some of the um, the yellow ones I find are cedar, and some are something that's not basswood. It's too heavy to be basswood or basswood. But um, they're still doing some cedar stuff. Like if you buy them at Costco and you get the giant box, those aren't cedar. But usually if you get the unsharpened 24-pack from China, usually not always they're cedar. I don't know. They're just so inconsistent. The black mm-hmm. ones are usually cedar too. I was just trying to get all of our like erasable listeners up into like a a frenzy, like running off to Target to like stock up like apocalypse mode because they were going to go away. Yeah, just don't go to the Target. I go. This episode brought to you by Target. (laughs) (laughs) It brought to you by cheap pencils at Target. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe how cheap we made them like forty bucks this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I'm I'm ready to use our podcast to. For self-promotion, Pencil Revolution turns 10 later this month. Woo! So this also ties in with my next fresh point. It's that I'm moving and I have way too many pencils. So I'm going to get some flat rate boxes and do some crazy giveaways. So you could fit a lot of pencils in this small flat rate box. Yeah. So I'll do like three and fill them to the brim. Make somebody happy. You need a special 10-year logo. Well, I have a couple of the pencils that I found when I was packing that are from um, my first review, the, the um, or maybe it was the second review, the, um, the American Naturals pencil. Mm-hmm. They're so pretty, and I'm really loath to give any of them up, but I'll stick some of those in there. Plus, uh, last year, Cody and I were down at the bindery, and I made a couple Pencil Revolution write notepads books on the hand press using these letters from like the Civil War. Or the Civil War era. So I have one of those left in the big size, so I'll stick one of those in one. Oh, they were like the grand prize. So pretty. You, sh- you sh- should um just call it like Pencil Revolution X this year or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm cheating because I took off a couple of years while I was doing my dissertation. Just kind of checked in every once in a while. Like, man, people still read this thing for some reason. <laughs> and I had like 40,000 spams <laughs> that crashed my database a couple times trying to delete them. Yeah. That was not fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll leave off the new Baron Fig notebook. We can talk about that later. Hmm. Oh, that's about all I have. How about you, Mr. Andy? Well, uh, I think we should talk about the new Baron Fig notebook. Hey. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're recording this on Monday, um, and the, it will not be announced until tomorrow, Tuesday. So I'll make sure we're not publishing this until then. Um, but there hasn't been a new competent for a little while since the maker. Uh, if you remember that one, that was the, like the dark, um, kind of the dark gray one. Um, so they have a new one called Work and Play, or Work Plus Play, maybe? Um, I actually don't have it in front of me. I should have gotten to grab it. But um, it is has a, a kind of a dual spread. It has one side is dot grid and one side is blank. Um, presumably one side is for work and one side is for play. Um, rather than interpreting it like, you know, work as in, you know, professional work and one side is plays and like personal stuff. I like to think of that as maybe like more structured stuff on the dot grid side and then more freehand stuff on the, the blank side. Um, it's similar to uh, the arts and sciences editions, but I, I never really figured out like the best use case for that. I think um, I'd like to see Joey and Adam kind of describe a little bit like how they think that people might want to use it or maybe ways that they use them themselves because I'm just not quite sure why you would want every spread to be different like that. Do you guys, have you guys used the arts and sciences and did you find that to be useful? I actually like never used them. Hmm. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I had, 
I had them, and I just kind of was like, oh, okay. Hmm. That's neat. <laughs> I didn't really have much of a use, and I gave them I gave them to my wife, and she took them to a conference, and she used them hmm. to take notes of the conference, but she just basically ignored all marks on the page and just wore it on both sides like normal, Yeah, which is probably what I would have done if I would have actually used them too. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it, yeah, it looks really cool, and I'm. I'm. Inter- I'm interested in that they're doing sort of these custom spreads, uh, the, the mm-hmm. custom page layouts like this. But yeah, I'm gonna have to try to figure out how that works. Um, it's a really gorgeous notebook. It's it's black, and then the um, the contrast color on the bookmark is white. So it's yeah. it's kind of a yeah, like a stark contrast contrast between work and play. And this one has probably the coolest looking box. Yeah, yeah. One side it says work. One side it says play in different. Um, different type so i'm i'm confused by the use of the box because i don't know i mean i guess i don't know why i'm confused it's they're really pretty and they put a lot of thought into them but they're not packed very well so i've never gotten one that didn't have a box that was pretty beat up but Hmm. the notebook was fine so they just seem like expensive padding they could probably save some cash just using better (laughs) envelopes but i like it as part of the presentation also in talking to we spent some time talking to Joey on Dot Grid not too long ago, and he's a he's a he's a designer. He's pretty perfectionistic in a good way. Um, so I think that he probably has a lot of intentionality in that box. So mm-hmm. it's a, it reminds me kind of like a an Apple product. Like they're very like you know the the box just looks really pretty, but it's really easy to damage it then accidentally. Well, the other cool thing about the box is they can leave the notebooks pretty blank. Yeah themselves yeah that's that's pretty cool they get a lot of stuff on the box yeah it's always nice i have a couple unopened that i have just for archival or to give out or something like this and they um it's yeah those boxes are so pretty and you can fit pencils in there when uh when you take out the notebook what (laughs) (laughs) i've mailed i've mailed a few people yeah i've mailed a few people those boxes with stuff in it um speaking of baron fig i am um actually kind of switching up since our last episode when we talked about writing uh, what we write in our pocket notebooks. I'm trying to do a little bit more of the stuff I was doing in my pocket notebook in a confidant. I have a three-legged juggler, which I just think is probably the most gorgeous of the confidants they've had so far. I just love that orange and that green together. Um, I kind of pulled one out of storage and I took some notes for work in it and I've just been keeping some to-do lists. I actually kept... uh, the kind of episode planning and the timestamps that I usually do in my field notes um, in this confidant today uh, for this episode, and with with some of the some of the the edits and everything we've had, I've actually filled up the page pretty well. So, which, uh, which flavor do you have inside? Um, I have the dot grid. Yeah, I love I, their dot grid. Yeah, they have a really good. It took a little while to get used to, but I think it just took me a while to get used to dot grid in general, and I kind of broke myself in on them. Um, for some reason, the reticle graph, even though it's just like a dot grid with some crosses or whatever, some plus signs, for some reason, it still feels much more like a grid than a dot grid does. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the this um, three-legged juggler. I couldn't remember what it's called, so I called it the Joker. And John, <laughs> Johnny was like, is there a new one I don't know about? I'm like, no, I'm just stupid. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's the three-legged juggler, and it's it's kind of a dusky orange and it has this like bright lime green ribbon and it's just really nice i've actually gotten a few people asking me uh, what is that what what is this notebook you're using so far and uh of course you can't get them anymore so 
they can go and get their barren fig, but it's gray. Sorry, guys. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so uh, my last fresh point, uh, it's been a kind of a paper heavy week, apparently for me, um, is uh, my co-host of the other podcast and friend Will Fangi uh, won a giveaway for the appointed notebooks. Do you remember this Kickstarter? Hmm. Briefly? Um, yeah, there was a Kickstarter. I think it did really well for um, a series of notebooks of just like just nice, good quality notebooks called Appointed. Um, and he won a custom notebook for himself and two friends. So he got one for his wife and he got one for me. Um, and you can basically go on the website and configure your own uh, 8.5 by 11-ish size notebook. Um, you can get like these really nice kind of like fabric covers and you can get it like um, foil stamped with with your initials um, so i got a really pretty like light blue chambray is that how you say it? chambray um notebook from appointed and a, a grid in the inside it's it's super good quality the paper is really nice um the it has a spiral binding and that's like a brass or a copper or something it's really nice um yeah it's just a super nice notebook the only weird thing is that, uh, kind of like the work and play, um, it is gridded on one side of the paper and it's blank on the other side. Like they just didn't rule the other side. I don't know if they just don't want you then to use the other side or if it, they're trying to just give you some flexibility. I don't know. Um, but I was going to email somebody just kind of ask because I'm interested to know. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll put a link to appointed in show notes. Um, you can kind of check it out. It's a little expensive. It's $24 for a spiral bound notebook. Uh, but there are a lot of pages and the paper is just really good quality. Yeah. Nice. So that are, those are my fresh points. How about you, Tim? Well, I'm going to, I think I'm going to ruffle some feathers uh, right <gasps> now, but well, actually I'm going to pre ruffle some feathers. that people haven't grown yet. I don't know if that made any sense. It will in a second. <laughs> uh, I've had a problem Sort of. I mean, I know this is like sort of the nitpicky kinds of things that we talk about on this podcast because we obsess over the stuff. But I've had some problems with the masterpiece. Like I've had actually many moments where I just not wanted to use it. Hmm. Um, especially actually with the 725 because I've been using the 725 a lot and I'll use the masterpiece. And I found that the point is too pointy sometimes. Hmm. Uh, and I, and I, this has to do with how I write. But I've had several moments where I've actually been writing with the 725 sharpened in the masterpiece, and the tip has snapped off, uh, has snapped off, and actually made me jump. <laughs> <laughs> like it actually like scared me a little oh, bit. Yeah. It was like, uh-huh. I was like, Whoa. like just very you know quick, just the little the, the tip, the pointiest part. And so when I when I was using it, maybe I just kind of maybe I'm sort of heavy handed, I guess, but. I've actually had to sharpen it and then like pre-break the actual point off the tip and then start writing. So what, what do you suppose that is? Just be, is it too sharp and then therefore weak, or do you think it's not sharpening them? I think it's just even you know, very very sharp and very very long and just the just the point right at the end because of how heavy-handed I am when I write or something like that. Hmm. It just tends to snap off a little bit, like it, it can't support that very uh, the very tip of the point. Hmm. But again, this is like a stupid thing that we talk about. This is me being ridiculous. So it's still like the best sharpener <laughs> I own. But um, it's just, it was funny. Like I've had a lot of moments, and especially ever since that hack we talked about last time that Les showed us with the the Coom 
single hole long point sharpener mm-hmm. of how, how to fix that. Now, I've been using that like more actually, but it's still an amazing sharpener, but it was just this kind of funny thing where I was like, wow, it's not perfect for me. Like <laughs> it's pretty amazing, but I don't use it all the time. I thought it would be like the only sharpener I use, but I've mm-hmm. still, been, I've still been using the single hole long point and my brass bullet, but Anyways, I'll stop whining about the sharpener that I know a lot of the people that we're listening wish they had because it is pretty pretty awesome. Cool. Um, the next thing I was going to talk about is that I one of my favorite writers is named Wendell Berry. Are you guys familiar with him at all? I've I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't know. I don't think I know who it is. He's he's from Kentucky, and he's very he writes novels and poetry and essays. He has like 30 books out. Just a, a huge amount. His novels are my my favorite. That's what I've loved reading since college. But they're all based around this small town, fictional small town in Kentucky called Port William. Hmm. But his essays are really loved. Uh, he has a collection I read called What Are Humans For? That's really, uh, really stellar. But I stumbled across an essay that I had read before, but it had been a really long time. And I'll, I'll look up the link in the show notes. But he did an essay for Harper's called Why I Am Not Going to Buy a Computer. <laughs> and it's two pages um, and has gone on to piss a lot of people off <laughs> <laughs> and just like frustrate people and or just, you know, get people talking, which I really love. But in this essay, I learned that he writes with pencil. And so I was going to just share. I thought this was interesting and maybe our listeners would like this, just some quotes and then his criteria for what makes for a good new technology. And this is like why he uses pencil when he's writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, as a writer, I work with pencil on a piece of paper. That's what he works with. And he goes on later to say, I disbelieve and therefore strongly resent the assertion that I or anybody else could write better or more easily with a computer than with a pencil. I do not see why I should not be as scientific about what this is, about this as the next fellow. When somebody has used a computer to write a work that is demonst- uh, demonstrably better than Dante's, and when this better, and when this better is demon- <laughs> demonstrably attributable, is good vocabulary <laughs> to the use of a computer, then I will speak of computers with a more respectful tone of voice. Though I still will not buy one. <laughs> <laughs> but these are his criteria for buying or for a new technology. He says it should be cheaper than the one it replaces. It should be at least as small as the one it replaces. Uh, it should do work that is clearly better than the one it replaces. It should use less energy. It should, if possible, use solar energy, which he counts the body, like the human body is solar energy. <laughs> uh, it should be repairable by a person of ordinary intelligence, <laughs> provided that he has the tools. It should be purchasable and repairable as near to home as possible. It should come from a small, privately owned shop or store that will take it back for maintenance and repair, and it should not replace or disrupt anything good that already exists. <laughs> and this includes family and community relationships. <laughs> so he's an intense, he's an intense dude, and he does a lot with like mountaintop removal, like fighting mountaintop removal. Hmm. But it's a, just a fun little essay that like really gets people fired up in one direction or the other. And I'm, of course, I'm somewhere in between. I'm recording a podcast for crying out loud, but. <laughs> uh, it's pretty great. And if you, I'll put the link in the show notes and you can read this little two page quick essay. And then after it, it includes the 
letters to the editor in response to his essay. <laughs> those are pretty. <laughs> those are pretty great. And also his response to the letter, letters to the editor. <laughs> so it is. It is a good read, and I would definitely uh, encourage you to check that out. And his novels too. I'm actually rereading a novel of his called Jaber Crow, which is one of the most important novels to me that I've ever read. Which is. Uh, basically an autobiography written in the voice of the town barber in this little town I was talking about earlier. So, so you heard, yeah. you've heard it here before. Uh, first is the pencil, the new computer. Yes. Or <laughs> it was the his computer. Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so that's Wendell Berry. So he's, he is a uh, very dear to me. I encourage anybody to read uh, his books. Jaber Crow is my favorite novel of his and a tempered choir is my favorite uh, book of his poems. Uh, Next thing I was going to talk about is that I got a new pocket notebook in the mail from Dr. Hans. Did you guys get something from Dr. Hans? Yep. Uh, the owl notebook. Have you seen this? So pretty. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the owl. And they're, they're on uh, Amazon. You can get them like $14 for a three-pack. But they're a pocket notebook the size of a field notes, but they're made with Tomoe River paper. Ooh. I have yeah. not gotten one yet. Yeah. he. he I got, got one from him a week ago or something and I haven't started using it yet, but I've still been using my, my seven C's writer, uh, which I still love. And I'm so excited that these exist and it's not that much more expensive than a field notes or something. So, um, I probably won't spring for them for everyday use just because I don't use fountain pens and things that need that paper that much, Mm -hmm. but I am going to enjoy this, this one, I think. And, Maybe I'll pick up a pack here and there, but he say, he sent it to me. He said in his note because of the I had mentioned the Lamy two thousand that I got. He encouraged me to use it with that, which I definitely will. Uh, and the last point I was going to bring up is that it is pretty likely I would say like eighty percent, if I'm being realistic, seventy five eighty percent that I will be at the DC Pen Show. Yay! So are you going to go to the show, or are you going to pick it out front with me? <laughs> maybe both <laughs> no I will be at the show I will, uh, I, I'm definitely going to go in I, it's the biggest pen show in the world they say or at least in the Is states really? hmm. yeah um, it's like pretty big spectacle and I'm not going to have a lot I'm looking for I might try to look for a vintage pen or something but I definitely want to meet Brad and uh, yeah meet Brad and Jeff and the hmm. people who are going to be there I know yeah yeah. Joe, Joe Lebo is going to be there and I know there's like a good group of people in this community from the pen and pencil side that are going to be there that I'm extremely excited to see. I, like I said, 80% sure that I'm going to go, but if you're going to go to the pen show, uh, please the DC pen show, get in touch. I hope to meet up with as many people as possible. I'm actually going with my uncle from my wife's side who like four years after we got married, my wife and I, uh, we realized her uncle and I realized that we both shared a love for this stuff fountain pens and pencils too so uh, he and i are gonna make the trip and go on probably saturday because it's a four-day show so i will yeah probably be there on saturday i'm so jealous so get in touch get in touch on twitter or something like that you can find me <laughs> well i'm Johnny. gonna sit out front with a with a cooler of black wing lager Oh, then I'm definitely going to pick it with you then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm so jealous. After a while, I'm just going to lay outside. What's the, what's <laughs> the, date, the, shade. What's the date of the DC Pencher? Uh, August. Oh, this, is, this could be like a little off, but it's roughly the 14th 
15th, 16th, 17th or something in that range. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think we're going to leave on a Friday night, stay Saturday and then come home the next or come home Sunday morning. Awesome. So yeah, super excited about that. So get in touch if you're going to be there. Yeah. We'll bring in the Baltimore contingent. Should our, our accents. <laughs> that was good. You should try to get Chris to come. I want to meet. Oh, he's probably going to go, go already. Oh man. He's, I wanna, he's I energetic. I want to meet him. All right. Well, that's all I've got. So what do you say we go on to our conversation with Cody? Cody! Yay! Let's do it. Now we'd like to welcome our very special guest, one of our favorite uh, maker of things and user of things that we love, Cody Williams. Hey, Cody, how's it going? Hey, Tim, I'm doing good. Cody! Hey! (laughs) We've been looking forward to having Cody on for a long time. It's kind of always as far back as I can remember in this podcast, it's been an idea that we've had to have you on. Uh, you make some stuff that we really love and you also take really cool pictures of trains and use good <laughs> pencils and uh, we love all the stuff you're into. So we're really, really glad you're here tonight. Yeah. I feel bad for anyone that kind of follows me on Instagram thinking I'm just going to post like leather stuff and things I make and it's 85% yeah. train pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I, I, like train. I can't tell you how many times you've saved me in like grocery stores <laughs> and stuff because my son is obsessed with trains and so like he'll be you know we're, we're stuck in line and he gets starts yeah. getting impatient like hey check out this and i pull up your <laughs> your instagram feed and i'm like hey look at all these trains and he just kind of gets just amazed he's like Whoa. that's awesome so like yeah cody so you people, should <laughs> cody you should have like a children's show where you just you know talk about trains to kids it could be like a yeah, youtube channel un- yeah like creepy yeah. uncle cody and trains or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, they'll be like asking for my id if i'm like you yeah. know, something and my son will go daddy big choo choo like, oh okay <laughs> oh. hey kids let me tell you about the puffer belly <laughs> alright Cody to start us out why don't you just tell us a little about yourself and how you're connected to the stationary community that we all love so much sure so I guess uh, it be, I guess it became more like apparent that a lot of other people were kind of into it on Facebook and stuff once like the field nuts group started and things like that uh, but I've been in the pens and stuff like that for years and kind of was a very irregular member at uh, Fountain Pen Network and stuff like that. Uh, I've always used pencils, but I think it's since, since like Field Nut started, I've really gotten into it because it seems like it was a, uh, I don't know if it's a hard road to go down, but like even I remember early on talking to Andy and Johnny both uh, about pencils and kind of I remember Andy saying like, oh, you should buy these, you know, because I was doing a, a co-op thing through the field nuts group. And so that's mm. kind of how I really got into pencils. And now I have grosses of them. Uh, <laughs> I posted in the group. I have a, I literally have a small cooler full of pencils at this point. Uh, it's nothing on Johnny, but, but uh, I've always been interested in pens and paper boy. and stuff like that. So this is kind of just an extension of that. And thankfully it's a cheap extension of that compared to <laughs> the world of fountain pens. And this is true. That's you know, all that stuff. That's exactly why I got into pencils. I was like, you know, the most expensive yeah. <laughs> one, barring like a Blackwing or something, is like, or like an original Blackwing is like three dollars. So I, th- I think I can. Yeah, and that's this. really the thing is that you know, there was a time. Yeah, yeah, three bucks is different than. I mean, you're looking at a decent pen's probably going to be around a hundred dollars. Yeah, kind of the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. there's right. people out there that are buying the Kaya's left and right, and those are you're know, looking at a thousand bucks sometimes for those. That blows my you mind. Buy like you know, and, five and, lifetimes worth of Blackwings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with pencils too. I mean, I bought plenty of pencils I don't like, and just give them to someone because there's not necessarily that financial hit. Like when I bought uh, the high unis and HB are really, really hard. 
to mm. me. And so I just gave them away, and it was you know I was out fifteen bucks or whatever. And it's different. Like if you buy a pen, it's like, oh cool, this is three hundred dollars, and I don't like how it writes. What do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Cody, I know that uh, we talked about this briefly before, but um, you know I mean, we know you're a huge train buff. Um, have you yeah. found uh, <laughs> have you found an in- interesting way that your love of pencils and your love of the railroad kind of combine? Yeah, I've got a whole lot of railroad pencils now. That's yeah, a very direct, but, you know. Which is actually pretty cool because I've been able to find some. So, long story short, my physical connection to railroads is from my great grandfather, and it was a a pretty small road called the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis. It's actually pretty hard to find stuff on eBay from them because it was small and it was like absorbed in 1950. But I've been able to get some really cool pencils that they, I guess, gave out to clerks and things like that. And you know, it's kind of neat because I've been able to. Uh, collect a bunch of just random roads and things like that. And I actually sent some to, to, to Johnny because I ended up buying several lots on eBay and end up with, you know, 50 or a hundred pencils. I didn't mind these, at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but that I, is, you know, I'm usually like, you know, a part of the weird train phenomenon is also like noting stuff and things like that. So I usually I'm actually writing down the stuff that goes by and everything, keeping track of movements and generally being way too nerdy on that stuff. So, Trains are also a very physical part, or pencils are also a very physical part of that. Yeah. One of the, um, there's a, there's a restored locomotive. It's the nickel plate or nickel, yeah, nickel plate 765. And they, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's yeah, yeah, it's, um, in my hometown. And one of my best friends is kind of the marketing manager for their, the nonprofit really? involved in that. Do you know Kelly Lynch at okay. all? No. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, sure, yeah. he's really involved in it and they, they do a lot and I've been bugging him to make a, uh, to make a pencil. Uh, for the 765 cool. yeah i don't know i don't know if ever, if ever we can make it happen but i i have a few railroad pencils too and i just love them i don't uh yeah i have a whole kind of a separate collection of uh, uh souvenir and advertising pencils and okay i have like a kind of a little subsection just full of like railroad pencils so i have some like some southern pacific and some uh what's the wabash one um, wabash yeah yeah <laughs> that goes through fort wayne um yeah, yeah. that's a those are some great pencils yeah, it's kind of funny because a lot of them are actually really good pencils too. Yeah, because they're you're expected to use them. They weren't necessarily just tchotchkes. They were what you actually wrote stuff down on freight bills and things like that. So there's actually a wide variety too. I've gotten all different kinds of grades and stuff like that, even from the same roads. Where I guess I mean just like us, hmm. there's people that wanted a you know a hard H or a soft B, and so they yeah had them made. It's probably, I mean at that point in time, I'm sure it was also a lot easier to have custom pencils made versus yeah. now where it's you know, you have to go and like beg them at Musgrave to get something made more or less. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess that that's kind of an interesting question I have to follow up on that is what, um, you know, how would somebody working on the railroad have used pencils? I mean, I'm keeping in mind, it, it guess it depends what time you're talking about, but before computers and everything would have been manually done, you mm-hmm. know? So it would be a lot of paper and a lot of paperwork of actual paper and things like that. And you know, it, you know, it wasn't until the sixties before you even saw rudimentary stuff. So, and there definitely was a history of people physically using pencils there. Yeah. Which is it's pretty neat. It's another physical connection you can have with it. Because, you know, if you get out here to conventions and get on eBay, you can find a lot of the paper ephemera from railroads, you know, all the actual freight bills and letters and stuff back and forth from shippers. And, you know, your corn will be this much a ton and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So... Your sort of claim to fame is your famous bags and covers. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Could you tell us a little bit about you know, how you got into sewing in general and sewing your bags and covers and about some of the cool stuff you make? Sure. So initially what happened, I was in grad school. And I've actually, I'm kind of fuzzy on the exact timeline, but it would have been like late 2004, early 2005. I uh, hand sewed a hat because my oldest brother, who's also very crafty and who actually makes guitars from scratch now, uh, he had made a hat. And so I, I decided to make a, a cycling hat to ride around in. Uh, and it's all hand stitched and took forever, and, but it actually turned out well, surprisingly. And so I actually bought, uh, I'll say the name, it's Manhattan Portage, it's the name of the messenger bag. Hmm. But I got one on clearance, and I wanted it to be like an actual messenger bag to ride on the bike, which is kind of a specific bag. Like the chromes and things like that are, they ride really high on your shoulder. They don't move around when you're in the, out of the saddle and actually pumping your legs and stuff. Hmm. But the one I got wasn't anything like that at all. It just really was really disappointing, even though it was like fairly cheap. So I decided to pull it apart without actually owning a sewing machine. <laughs> so I pulled it apart to see how it was made, and then I bought a sewing machine, then I went down to the fabric store, and at that point cobbled together the necessary equipment to make stuff, which like now I use a, it's a water, waterproof vinyl-coated polyester liner on the thousands of near Cordura. It's kind of like the industry standard for a messenger bag. Hmm. But at this point I was just using like duck canvas, and you know that, uh, really awful plastic stuff your grandma puts over her couch. Uh, <laughs> oh, that yeah. was my waterproof liner in there. <laughs> but that's how I got started, you know, just doing it in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. And then a couple years later, I really started making messenger bags. And then I've kind of gone in and out of it. Like when I lived in Pittsburgh in 2006 and seven, I made a bunch for the messengers around there. And then when I moved to DC in 07, I did a little bit and then kind of gave it up because school was taking too much time. And then uh kind of went back and forth and then the, the last big round is that uh, i bought a, a backpack and didn't like it so i was like all right let's get a sewing machine hmm. and i probably destroyed that sewing machine like i had the two dozen before it or so <laughs> so eventually i end up the only thing that works uh as far as light duty sewing machines are like really old singers like the kind of stuff that were like you know treadle machines converted to electric and stuff like that oh wow but i, I was using one of those for quite a while and then uh, the true story is I did really good on eBay and had some money in my bank account. I was like, oh, I'm going to try to find a sewing machine. And it turned out there's actually a place in Baltimore that sells used machines because the problem with getting like a big industrial machine is the freight. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you a ton to freight it from anywhere. And so I went over there and found one, and uh, it was just night and day versus what I could do. And then after that, uh, I had a little bit of leather I'd been playing with and actually started getting some Halloween stuff. And started really getting to the, the actual notebook covers and stuff like that. And I still do a little bit of bag work, but mostly uh, mostly for friends and family and stuff like that. It's just much more labor-consuming than doing the notebook covers. But that's where I'm at now. and doing mostly leather notebook covers for uh, my two main sizes are like the Field Notes 3.5 by 5.5 size. And then also like the full-size Midori size. They're 8.25 by 4.25. Which is a size that drives me crazy because I want to like it, but I can't because it's too narrow and weird. <laughs> but uh, that's been most of what I've been doing lately, just because a couple of things. But uh, yeah, and I've got you know, Johnny has some of my Cordura stuff, which is kind of where I, you know, kind of what I came from doing the bags and everything. And I'm hoping to get back to doing some more of that fairly soon. But cool, awesome. I've been wanting to do that fairly soon for a year and a half at this point. So. So um, maybe explain the. Can you explain the difference a little bit between cordura and leather? I, I actually don't think I know what cordura is. So cordura, it's the same thing. It's on like a like if you've seen a chrome bag or 
uh, anything like that. It's a really durable outside fabric. Oh, it's, yeah. So it, it's, yeah. Like anything made by Notco, pretty much. Oh, yeah, okay. all the Notco stuff is also core durable. Like that nylon. I think they use, yeah, it's, it's a coated nylon. It's actually. Uh, made by DuPont. Cordura is a trade as a trade name. There's oh. other generic versions of it. Cool. But yeah, it's it's a nylon fabric that actually has plasticized coating on the back of it. Yeah. Uh, it's really durable, and I think it, it works really well. And the kind of the difference between it and leather mm-hmm. is that a leather is is much much thicker. You know. Yeah. So it's kind of and it's going to age differently. A Cordura is going to get dirty, and yeah, uh, the the coating will wear out over time, like over a ten year period or so. Yeah. Uh, the leather kind of stays as is, mm-hmm. kind of gets scratched up and looks cooler. I learned something but, today. <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, I'd seen Cordura all the time, but I guess I've never really paid much attention to what it was. So yeah, it's a really cool fabric. It's just the goofy thing with with it is that uh, it can be not fiddly, but it, it takes a little more time, I think, to actually sew it. Mm-hmm. But uh, kind of between the two, it's so sewing doesn't take very long. Leather covers all the other stuff does. Yeah, and kind of on Cordura sewing is what takes all the time because there's no finishing work after that. I'll let the cover. Uh, as soon as it's you know, I cut the pieces, I glue it together, I trim it, I sew it, I then trim it again, uh, then I put like a it's kind of this it's called gum. I can never pronounce it right. Tragacanth. I don't know. It's like a a wetting agent, and then I run a Dremel over it, and then once that's done, I actually put be- this beeswax combo I have hmm. on that and run it over. So uh, it can be time-consuming outside of the sewing stuff. So maybe it's a wash in time as far as construction. It's actually one of the things I want to figure out because uh, what Johnny has is actually, uh, you know, it has a field note in the back and then has a second pocket in the front that has four card slots. So it's really... Uh, it's a little bit tricky making it because you have to get all the dimensions perfectly right for everything to fold up correctly. And so, hmm. but I probably will do some simpler covers that are just yeah. kind of like a, a Velcro wallet that has a field note on each side. Uh, that's my plan right now, at least. That's cool. That sounds good. Yeah. So, you, I love seeing also in your Instagram feed, besides the trains, uh, <laughs> seeing when you have these awesome stacks of notebook covers and things <laughs> that people are ordering. As far as well progress that. on that one. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah. what is it? If you had to like, if I cornered you, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, and asked you to like explain what makes your your goods, your your notebook covers, your pen holders, whatever special, like, what would you say? And I try to make stuff that's simple and is actually of quality and is not uh, precious. I think mm-hmm. is a good way to say it. Uh, I really, I mean, this is kind of me and Johnny and actually Chris from Write Notes Pads were talking about a little bit of this set uh, on Saturday. Yeah, everything. I just I just want it to be stuff that's very functional, and stuff that doesn't really have uh, a whole lot of frills to it. It all uses good product, uh, good inputs. You know, it's like all really well tanned Horween leather out of Chicago, and you know, mil spec nylon thread. And, and I try to get the edges nice and clean, but there's not a bunch of ornamentation to it. You know, it's not. I'm not like a, embossing, you know, an eagle flying over a canyon on the front. <laughs> like that. that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's, that's the a answer. thing. I think that's the answer to Andy's next question. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of cool stuff if you're looking like into like heavy duty leather working at what people are doing as far as like holsters and weird stuff like that. Like there's an insane amount of craftsmanship that you can put into it. But then I don't know if it takes away from the utility or not. We've got a thing that someone's put, you know, forty hours into or whatever. Can you can you make me a notebook cover that has the twin towers on it and there's an eagle that's crying and there's the yeah. <laughs> the full moon and there's wolves howling? It's all possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of a interesting, uh, 
just to know. I, I, I guess my next question is, um, what's the custom order that you wish somebody would ask for? Something that you've always kind of wanted the challenge of building but haven't yet. Uh, the problem is I've actually had a lot of people ask for some really cool stuff. I just don't have the time to do it right now. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the frustrating thing is that I'm kind of time constrained. And it's, I've just been, uh, I've been busier this year than last. And so kind of a, my time for doing a lot of really cool custom stuff has, has been eaten up. Hmm. I've actually, the, the, the one thing that someone actually asked for last week that I want to do is uh, do some leather, like a uh, tote bags and things like that. Hmm. But uh, the problem with that is that, you know, it takes up like almost an entire side to do one. So I have a lot of, have a lot of materials on hand and stuff, but I'm probably actually going to do one pretty soon just to do it. I have before, but it'd be neat to get more into that stuff. Uh, the, I've had people ask for, I guess about every size of notebook possible at this point. Yeah. I mean, I've had a, uh, people that had really weird, like narrow stuff, like similar to, uh, what the word notebook, that little journal they had. Oh, the memorandum. Yeah. yeah, something similar in that size, like up to I've made stuff for people that have you know eight by ten notebooks and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. So switching yeah, over. I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say switching over to pencils real quick. Um, I'd be interested to know kind of what your your top five are if you um if you've ever thought about it. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of tirade here probably. Uh, <laughs> go for so, it. So you know. Uh, I'm from Tennessee originally, and so I actually have, you know, geographical ties to good old Shelbyville, Tennessee, the Musgrave Company. And actually, my you know my sister-in-law is from Shelbyville, and I've I've actually flown into that airport multiple times, which is something not many people can say. <laughs> There's an airport there. There is an airport. I mean, like you know, it's like a basically an outhouse and you know a <laughs> concrete strip. But. I'm imagining like northern exposure, like the, the airport much. northern exposure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, it was actually exactly 50 miles from the airport I used to fly out of. Hmm. So it actually was really good for uh, doing solo trips and stuff like that as a student. So that's why I was in there a bunch. But I really liked the Unigraph and the Test Score 100 a lot. But it was such a – I mean I talked about this a little bit in the group. It was such a pain to order them and I actually ended up having someone else order them for me. It kind of threw me off them. And then when I got my test scorings, uh, both of them have actually changed a little bit from the ones I had before. I had bought both these pencils from someone that was doing some bulk breaking on Amazon. Like they sold them in 36 packs, mm. but the, the text on both of them had changed and I've had a lot more problems with my test scoring 100s that I got from the gross that I got this time than ever before, which kind of sucks. Cause I get, you know, I have a pencil and it just gets completely chewed up in, in the, the Kuhn two step sharpener, which isn't a problem with any other pencils. It's just, I have so much lead breakage and stuff on them from, I guess it being uneven. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. the finish of them itself is actually the black paint on them is rubbing off exceptionally quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I've so, noticed that too. Yeah, if you'd if you'd asked me a year ago, those would have been my top two for sure. Uh now I've actually a lot of the Japanese pencils I'm using more. So the ninety eight fifty from Mitsubishi. Uh the ninety eight fifty two, I got these really cool green ones. I gave Johnny one the other day. Oh man. It's like pretty. the coolest color ever. And I actually did a quick search on on Amazon or excuse me, on eBay. I didn't see these offhand. I'm sure they're out there. They have. Uh, I'm assuming that the 9850 and 9852 are the same. It's just a cosmetic difference because these come in like you know, air quotes, fun colors. There's this green one. Then there's an orange one. I think there's a yellow one also. Hmm. But uh, I, I kind of bought them because I like the color. And the reality is, I actually really like the pencil itself, which sucks because you know on eBay they're 15 bucks a dozen, and I probably paid I don't know, about 
I don't think I have a price on here. I'm sure I paid less than $5 a dozen in Japan for them, hmm. which is the reoccurring theme with all Japanese stationery. So this, it's a, uh, I try not to stock up too much just because I have a ton of stuff, but yeah. I probably should when I'm over there. But, uh, so I would say those four or those three really are probably my top three that I use right now. I also use the, the Tombow 8900 a lot, the kind of medium green, one of those. And then I, uh, I guess going against the grain, I actually like the Wopex a lot. I use it a lot for drawing. <laughs> it's me and Johnny and versus everybody else in the world on the Wopex, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's cool. But I actually, I find it, it's it's the ideal pencil for me laying out. Because I do, when I do a uh, drawings, I do watercolor stuff. I do them like on little, little postcard size pieces. And I found that the, kind of the way I draw, I can actually kind of lay out very well with that. and doesn't leave much of a mark. First of all, I use a unigraph or a test scoring. It's too much of a mess to really try to erase after yeah. the fact. But riding with them, I really don't like them. But sorry, Johnny. <laughs> it's all right. I like you a lot. What uh, do you use to sharpen it? Uh, I, well, usually I have a little – it's not a comb. It's another brand, a little single hole that I use like when I'm out running around. But I use my two-step also, and it seems to do fine in there. I haven't had mm-hmm. any problems with them. But – so I have actually bought a Kuhn magnesium sharpener to really use to carry around. And I must have got this, – this came up in the group a little while ago too. I must have got one of the bunk ones. It won't sharpen anything. It just breaks everything. And someone had mentioned that the casting on some of them are off or the blades are off one. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do about it, which I mean I didn't pay hardly anything for it, but it's just kind of frustrating. But I use actually – I keep a handful of pencils at my desk at work. But for the most part, I use them in bullet pencils. And so I've got when John and Jay had the Kickstarter for their bullet pencil, I bought a passel of them. I think I ended up buying five of them total. Oh, wow. Because uh, there's at one point they, uh, they were a little bit under their goal and he was offering extra tubes. So I just went and bought some. <laughs> my goal was, or my plan was to give them away, but I haven't quite got around to that yet. So. <laughs> Are you going to get some of the new colors when they come out? Probably. I need to get. I need to actually talk to uh, to John and see about getting. I don't have the raw aluminum or the raw brass. Yeah. Which are the ones I really want. Yeah. But uh, I'm actually interested to see how the raw uh, raw aluminum looks versus like Johnny's prototype one, because hmm. the finish on on all of these seems to be much smoother than that initial prototype, which had it seem like a little not burrs in it and stuff, a little surface irregularities. Yeah. Mine also gets tossed around a lot. Yeah. Which is to say, I'm clumsy and I drop it. <laughs> That's a testament that to their durability. Yeah. It's a really solid product. It's, I think of it actually different. I have a lot of vintage bullet pencils, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different product to me, though. Like they're both very good, but they're... I mean, John and Jay's bullet pencil is much more well-made. I mean, the old ones are essentially all throwaways, right? It's kind yeah. of what they're initially intended to be. But all the, all the ones that I have for the uh, kind of vintage bullet pencils are things I have connections to. So uh, Randy, who's in the group, uh, both groups, you know, the Erasable group and the Facebook, uh, he's been restoring some from time to time, the older ones. And he always keeps an eye out for uh, Rock City ones, which is this tourist attraction outside of Chattanooga. Uh, if anyone has followed me on Flickr or anywhere else, I have an obsession with the remaining barns from that. There's not much but of like, them, many of them left. No, there's there's probably 80 left at this point. Yeah. Or 900 at this point. I, um... But, I've driven down to Georgia and Florida a few times from yeah. Indiana, and you know yeah. I'd, I would go through kind of the length of Tennessee, and I would see so mm-hmm. many Sea Rock City things. And I guess anymore, there's they're mostly what is it? Ruby Falls is that the name of the other? 
Yeah, Ruby Falls is, is kind of next door to them. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed just a but lot yeah. of the Sea Rock City things have changed into like yeah. Visit Ruby Falls or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have like a, bu- a bunch of road signs and stuff now, but mm-hmm. the barns are all, the last ones were actually painted. Well, so they will go and repaint some of them, but for the most part, a lot of them were last repainted in like the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of, I mean, probably not worth getting into all the reasons on the podcast and stuff, but uh, a lot of them have actually stood the to- test of time because I used uh, really horrible paint on them. <laughs> uh-huh. That I uh, managed to stay around when any kind of realistic, a uh, non-deadly paint would have washed away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, uh, well, you know, it's like every it's, it was a tourist trap, right? So yeah. At that point in time, and so they had tons of tchotchkes, but the bullet pencils are actually fairly hard to come by. I've got four different versions that I've, I've managed to pick up a couple. And Randy has found a couple for me. But all the rest of the bullet pencils I have have like some sort of physical connection. I have a bunch from like a just around Tennessee. Uh, Jay, before he did the uh, Kickstarter bullet pencil, was selling some uh, original ones. He actually found one from the Hermitage for me, which is Andrew Jackson's home. Oh, yeah. Uh, outside of Nashville. Awesome. And then a bunch like that. And, uh, some from uh, uh, the Smokies and have some Greyhound ones. And I have a, a Greyhound. I used to have two Greyhounds. Uh, so there's a track. In it. So I've got a couple different variations of those and stuff. It's, kind of, it's also kind of like cool to be able to carry on like a small piece of history with you that's functional. Cool. So, um, a lot of uh, the stationery gr- uh, blogs are really, uh, you know, into what is good paper for fountain pens, which, you know, we don't really care so much about. And I think speak for yourself. Yeah. Well, on this podcast. So, yeah. what is your favorite paper for um, graphite in you know the formats that you use? Right now, I've actually I don't think I've completed an entire field notes this year. I don't know if I should say that out loud or not. I'll probably get <laughs> thrown at me. But I've been using Chris from Write Pads. has this uh, little – I'm not sure the exact size of it. Do you know, Johnny? This is like ledger? six by three. Yeah, three by six. A little ledger, yeah. Yep. Uh, when he, he actually gave me one of the prototypes when he first started making them, and I've been using one of those pretty much ever since. So that's my main thing, my main catch-all for, for work and all that. Other than that, I, I like the Hobonichi a lot. It's got the a variation of the Tomo River paper. It's not quite exactly the same, but it's pretty close. Uh, I find that's pretty good. And it's different. Both of these are very different textures, right? So Chris's paper is fairly toothy, so darker pencils work well on it. And the Tomo River is pretty. It's pretty smooth. So I find you know I use one thing and I use the Unigraph more and the, the Hobonichi and the Test 100 more in the in Chris's paper. Yeah, I think those are my two favorites. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that's pretty decent. I've always liked the 70-pound paper and the, and the field notes. Uh, specifically, I think my favorite one's actually America's Beautiful. That yeah. had that really nice pale blue line. So nice and even creamy. Like the, yeah, exactly. And like when the Shelterwoods came out, I was really excited and just in use. I didn't like them nearly as much. Hmm. But that's how it goes. Everything has to be different. I understand that. But So... In general, we were talking about this a little bit before we went live, but in general, could you describe uh, sort of your MO when it comes to stationary gear? Like, how do you approach the search for the perfect setup? And kind of like, yeah. what, what has your carry turned into and why? Yeah, a carry evolves a little bit, but it's like, uh, and it, kind of my point beforehand is that I think me and Tim are kind of the same thing. If you buy in the gross of Palomino HBs, that kind of searching for solutions instead of the journey. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of actually didn't come clear to me until uh, it's actually something Reach. that 
they said on the, the Pen Attic podcast. And uh, uh, I can't remember the exact context of it, but it's basically like, oh, if you don't like it, it's part of the journey, and that's cool. And my first thought was, no, that's not cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this isn't like, a, you know, I'm not kind of not going through the wilderness, right? I'm trying to find very distinct solutions for problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very minor problems, right? Like how to best keep a journal, how to best keep track of stuff. But, you know, I've changed it up a little bit. I've, I've always, uh, the past couple of years, tried to have a planner. And at first that was a, a field notes that had the pages divided in two. And then I bought uh, a Hobonichi last year. Actually, I, I was in Japan in December and I got directly off the plane and went to a loft and bought one before I went to the hotel. So excited <laughs> about it that was. Uh, so I used one of those the past two years. And it actually has been the perfect solution for me as far as keeping stuff organized. And so that's what I carry all the time. Uh, I do usually have a pocket notebook. So I've got uh, two rivers in the back of mine, but I haven't even written in it. It's just kind of there idly. And then I have a, a little leather uh, notebook flip cover I have for my write notepads ledger that I keep with me. And that kind of is all the scrap and catch all stuff. But really, I've, I've you know, once I kind of landed on the Ingraph and test scoring, I had enough to, to last me for a while. And then when I got these grows, I definitely do. Uh, I mean, it is frustrating that there seems to be a, a little lower quality on those. But usually I have, uh, on a day-to-day basis, I carry a little Franklin Christoph 40 fountain pen. I usually have a uh, tactile turn uh, it's the, I can't remember if it's the mover or the shaker. It's the one that takes the G2 refills. That's the mover. And the mover. And then <laughs> I have uh, a couple bullet pencils. Usually I have, depending on what I'm doing, usually one with a Wopex and one with a softer pencil. Uh, I actually have like a small art kit that I carry that has a little, uh, you know, the credit card tens, the little flip top ones, little aluminum ones. Oh, yeah. They're really easy. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, there's a lady in Seattle that makes uh, or sources. They're essentially makeup tins that fit in those, and so you can have a little bit of watercolors with you. And so I carry one of those that has uh, 14 colors in it and a little spray bottle. And I actually, and I think I posted this in a raceable group too. Uh, I converted three of my bullet pencils to uh, paint brushes. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Yeah, so I just I cut them, you know, in half, and then. I used epoxy. Someone else suggested something that was much less stupid to use. <laughs> I think it's like a, cause the problem I have now is I'm going to have to drill these out or, you know, just throw them out whenever they're done. But yeah, I think someone has suggested using like a, a putty, like a, the stuff you put on the walls to hold pictures up and stuff, which oh. actually is a much better idea. Poster tech. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you use poster tech instead. So I'll carry that stuff if I'm going to you know, go out and draw, which a lot of times I actually will. If I'm going to watch trains, a lot of times and I'll go and take my scanner and then kind of know when stuff's coming. And so I kind of have a downtime. So I'll lay there and read or draw. And my Hobonichi cover actually has a space for my little postcard size watercolor things. Hmm. So that's a lot of crap to carry, but that's what I usually carry. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, and thankfully, it's a lot of crap to say, but it, it's very compact in, in reality, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have a um, Do you have a Grail pencil? And if so, what is it? Uh, if, not really. <laughs> yeah. And, and if not, what what would it be? Do you have anything that just no pencil kind of lives up to? Honestly, not really. I, it just seems that my frustration. I think I was talking with Johnny about this. Is that I actually would like to try like the unigraphs and like all the grades, hmm. but it's so hard to do that because they don't really exist anywhere. I actually have a six B that my girlfriend found in her art school stuff 
in gaming, which is really cool. But I would actually like to try and see, like, to me, if the H in the Unigraph is a good drawing pencil, you know? But because you can only order them gross and they don't actually physically want to sell them to you, it seems. <laughs> uh, that's not really possible. I guess it's possible, right? But I have to order, you know, 10 gross of pencils and then have a bunch of, have 144 4B Unigraphs that I'll never use. But that's kind of, I'm, I'm, I try to be as practical as I can with pens and pencils just because it's, I think it's easy to get into grail status, you know? Yeah. Like, I actually don't like black wings. I'm one of the few people that doesn't like them. Hmm. And so, like, I don't have a, I don't really want to find, like, an old first gen black wing and you know, only use those and stuff like that. Yeah. What is it about the black wing you don't like? Just like some of the hype or, or more of the performance? Hype and cost, really. And it yeah. performs well. It's just a very soft pencil. I just feel like uh, there's, I think it has advantages over other soft pencils, mm-hmm. but not enough to justify the cost. And kind of, you know, Charles is a very nice guy and I've liked everything I've gotten from them, but you know, I gave away all my black wings and kind of never really felt like I needed to replace them. Hmm. I mean, it's a good gateway drug. I think there <laughs> didn't, uh, there was some post about that, right? Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Somebody posted uh, in the pen out of the blog about black wing is a gateway drug. Okay. Yeah. And it is. I think, I think it, it's, oh, it serves that purpose very well. And so like my nephew actually texted me a little before Christmas and was like, you know anything about black wings? <laughs> and I still had some. I was like, okay, I'll send you some. And so I actually sent him, you know, I don't know, way too many pencils. And like <laughs> wrote a description of everything on there. And, you know, a bunch of the bunch of the Musgraves and stuff like that, just because I'm mean, his mom's from there. So Yeah. And my and his dad, my my brother actually went to uh, did his MBA at Vanderbilt and one of the uh, people in his class was uh, one of the one of the Musgrave kids. Their name isn't Musgrave, but it's something else. But hmm. so there's you know some some tenuous connection there. Plus, yeah. I mean, it's helping the industry, a very very local industry. So yeah. cool. I mean, they're fine. It's just that you know, I kind of want the pencil game to be cheap, and so I kind of yeah. stay away from the black wings and from the high unis and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I've enjoyed my my regular unis as much as the high unis and stuff like that, or the regular monos versus the mono 100s or whatever. Absolutely. So um, you're here on the top pencil podcast in the whole world, which is, <laughs> you know, an enviable platform. Yeah. So if you had a message for the greater stationary world, what would that be? That's a lot of, that's a lot of responsibility there, John. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I think we're kind of in a golden age of the stuff right now. So it's, I think it's, Everyone should be thankful for what we've got out there. You can show people virtually what's going on. You know, it's really cool. And you know, the kind of resurgence and all these pencils that we have, and like the the ability to get them from pencils.com and jet pens and all these places. And you know, there's a, the fact that there's a knowledge base through Erasable and through you know other groups and stuff. Uh, be thankful for it more than anything. Because I can't imagine like trying to be into pencils when Johnny was starting his blog in 2005. <laughs> Johnny's the original pencil hipster. He was into them before yeah. they were cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have a beard at the time. <laughs> You're going to have to get into like, I don't know, abacuses or something soon, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Astrolabe blog. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tool that they used uh, before compasses were invented to, I, I think, kind of understand how far you were from the shore, like when you're on your boat. Oh, I have a necklace that's one of those. I never knew what the hell it was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is into them, I'm sure. There has sure. to be an astrolabe okay. ball. 
All right, Cody. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really great talking to you. Been looking forward to it for a long time, like I was saying earlier. So uh, thanks for sharing your time with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Where where can people find you on the internet? Uh, the best place, uh, so all of my covers and stuff I actually have on Etsy. The be- easiest way to get there is uh, williamsbag.com, which is wmsbag.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at wmsbag on there. That's basically the two best ways to reach me. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Be prepared for all the train pictures that you follow me on Instagram now. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at PencilRevolution.com, on Twitter at Pencilution, and on Instagram at Pencilution. Andy, what about you? Uh, I'm at WoodClinched.com, um, or on Twitter at AWelfly, um, or at WoodClinched, if you just want to not hear me talk about other boring web stuff. How about you, Tim? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, on Instagram at Timothy Wassum, a little more formal on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> You can find Erasable at www.erasable.us. This episode's show notes are at erasable.us slash 33. And you can also follow us on Instagram, or sorry, follow us on Twitter at Erasable Podcast. And if you're on Instagram, we don't have an actual account dedicated just to the podcast, but we encourage everybody to use the hashtag Erasable Podcast with pencil-related posts so that we can collect all those together. And on Facebook, we encourage everybody, if you haven't, to go to our Facebook group, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable, and join. It's listed as private, but we will let you in immediately as long as you are not a spammer. And uh, <laughs> you can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash erasable podcast. And if you like that page, that'll uh, give us a way to uh, update you on new episodes or news in your news feed on Facebook. And we encourage everybody, as always, to rate and review us on iTunes. Recommend us on Overcast or Stitcher or wherever it is, whatever it is that you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, this helps us become more visible. And it also helps us by just giving us feedback that we can use to make this podcast better for you. Because we want it to be the best it could be. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode 33 of the Erasable Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.